What are you hoping God will do in your life? Do you have an answer to that? Maybe a bunch of different answers to that. I was actually talking to my son, Asher. He's eight years old. And he asked me if God really cared about everything in his life. It was this cool moment to hear Asher talk about how God loves him, even when he messes up, how he can talk to God about anything at any time, how God's powerful enough to change anything in the world. It was kind of this proud dad moment for me. I'm smiling. And that night, that very night, Asher asked if he could write a note to God about something that Asher really thought needed changed in our community, changed in our world. I was blown away. I mean, what insight, what maturity. It's amazing. Here's a picture of this note. I'll interpret it for you. Dear God, I want to change something. This town does not have that many animals, but Pokemon are animals. Can you make Pokemon and Pokeballs real? Your friend Asher. I can relate to that. Can you relate to that? Have you ever had a prayer kind of like that? I have prayed to have superhero powers. And not as long ago as you might think. That was a recent prayer of mine. You pray for your favorite, you know, football team, you know, like go Colts. Or maybe you pray for just something in your life that you've always wanted, like a a Christmas present, you know, like a Red Ryder BB gun or something like that. I mean, do you have something that you've hoped for, you've prayed for, you've talked to other people about? Even a silly thing, you know, like a dream car, a dream house, a dream vacation. But maybe it's, maybe it's the bigger stuff too. You know, we all kind of have things that we hope for in our lives. I mean, what are you hoping that God will do in your life? Maybe mend a a deeply fractured marriage. Or maybe heal an illness that's chronic and that's life-altering and you don't know what to do. Or provide in a way. Maybe provide for your family safety, security, financially. And you're just hoping that God will do it. Maybe you're hoping God will, will give you something. You know, peace of mind or hope or a new job or a relationship that you just deeply have desired. Or maybe you, you ask that he would give you strength, strength in the middle of, of fostering or strength in the middle of adopting a child. Maybe something you wish that God would take away and you hope and you pray that he'd take away the depression or the anxiety or the hurt or the abuse. I mean, what are you hoping that God would do in your life? We all have hopes. Now, this is the fifth and the last week of this series that we've been calling Stand. And we've been talking about the book of Daniel and what God has to say about courage and faith. Now, you might remember all the way back in week one, we talked about a king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar was a bad dude. And he destroyed the temple of God. He tried to take over the world. He ended up capturing and enslaving a bunch of different people, Daniel included. He was so nasty, he ended up making people change their names because he wanted them to lose their identity. And Daniel was one of these people. And Daniel's at the end of his life, and he has been enslaved and a refugee for decades. And Daniel was hoping that God would do something in his life. Daniel had been praying for a long time that God would let his family, his community, the Jewish community, go home. That God would make things right in the temple that was destroyed. That he would just work everything out. He's been praying for almost his entire life for the same thing. Can you relate to that? Something big. And now Daniel's a little older. He's tired. He's weak. He's frustrated because he's still a slave 
He decides he's going to pray. He's going to fast for 21 days. Maybe that will help. So Daniel, after he does this, he has two visions. And the first vision from God, it's not very pretty. He ends up seeing more war, more pain, more hurt, more hard times coming. Now we think being in a season of difficulty like a year like 2020 is a huge deal. And it is a huge deal. Multiply that by 70. Can you imagine us having the same conversations that we had last year in 2090? Because that's what's happening. It's been 70 years for Daniel. And he sees that this isn't over yet. And it likely won't be in his lifetime. And he's devastated. And then he sees a second vision. He sees a vision of an angelic being. And we're not sure who this angelic being is exactly. Some people believe it was an angel. Other people believe it was actually Jesus. Now, Jesus is talked a lot about in the New Testament, kind of the second half of the Bible. However, this is a big deal. The Old Testament is actually about Jesus too. In fact, Jesus even appears in the Old Testament a couple of times, just in a couple of different ways. So, Full disclosure, while I'm not 100% sure that this angelic being in the book of Daniel is Jesus, I think it's pretty likely. And so I'm going to do my best to teach as if it were Jesus, because that seems like the most God-honoring thing to do. And if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to try to make a mistake on the side of Jesus. So Daniel has been praying, and he's been hoping that God would just do something. He's been begging God to do something. And then he has this second vision with this angelic being likely Jesus. Check this out. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing. This is Daniel talking. With a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. I mean, can you imagine seeing this and being the only one there to see it? I mean, you're talking to your friends, you got a group of friends with you, and you're like, hey, Kyle, do you see, do you see this? I mean, do you see the guy? He's like, no, nah, man, what are you talking about? It's like, you know, the guy, the guy that has a face like lightning. The guy that his eyes are like torches. The guy like arms are, are like bronze. Do you, do you see that guy? And your friend Kyle's like, what are you on? Like, no. What are you talking about? I mean, I think sometimes God shows us amazing things in these small things. And other people are completely oblivious. If you have an experience like that, you just see something and you go, wow, look at what God is doing. Even something as simple as, I don't know, like a sunset and you call your family, you're like, look, this reminds me of how great God is. And they're like, I'm not going to come. I've got, you know, the game. I'm not doing it. Or your family doesn't care. You post it on Instagram, you get like two likes. You're like, come on. See, Daniel has this moment like this. He sees this vision, this amazing vision. He's the only one who sees it. And check back into the middle of verse 8. This is what happens. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale. I can relate to that. And I felt very weak. I can relate to that too. Then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted. And I lay there with my face to the ground. See, Daniel's there. This guy who's been standing firm his whole life. He's face down in the ground. 
It all seems, I don't know, it all seems too much. And he has this moment with God. He has a moment with God, and that causes him to pass out. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you've been praying, and you've been praying, and you've been praying for God to do something in your life, or something around you, or something in you, or something through you? And maybe you even see him show up, but you end up like on the ground somehow, pale and afraid and weak. I mean, I can relate to that. I mean, we try to live right. We try to pray. We hope God will do something. And even when he shows up, it's so terrifying, we end up down on the ground. How does a weird story like this in the Bible mean anything to us? Kind of seems odd. But I think that we can actually learn some pretty amazing things when it comes to our hopes and our dreams and faith, especially with what you're hoping that God will do in your life especially when the answer isn't quite what you're hoping to hear. So when you're standing in faith, when you're praying, and you've been patient, and you're at the end of your rope, what do we need to remember? What can we learn from the book of Daniel when we're standing in faith? So recap, Daniel just fainted. Boom. This angelic being likely Jesus himself, he's there, and he lifts him up, and this is what he says. Check this out. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Put your name there. Even just like in your head, you know, Daniel, you're very precious to God. Adam, I'm very precious to God. Beth, you're very precious to God. Joseph, you're very precious to God. Lisa, you're very precious to God. Peter, you're very precious to God. I think that's the first thing that we can remember from this story. You are precious to God. Now, the word precious here literally means valuable. And that's that's what he's saying. This is just saying how much God loves and values you, like your most valuable possession. And I think that somebody needs to hear these words today. Is it you? You might not feel loved might kind of feel alone in the darkness, or you're just so frustrated. You've been working so hard. You are even successful by the world's standards, but you're going, it just feels so empty. What am I supposed to do with this? You feel like nobody cares. Listen, you're precious to God. Or maybe you have these relationships and you're like, I mean, they're okay. I mean, like I'll deal with them, but I just don't know what to, to do, who to turn to. I mean, there are people in my life like that. None of you, of course. But remember, you're precious to God. He loves you better than you can love yourself. Have you ever thought about that? He loves you better than you can love yourself, better than you know what you need. There's not one thing in the world that you can do to make him love you less. There's not one thing in the world that you can do to make him love you more. He loves you perfectly. You're precious. You're that valuable to him. And because you're precious to God, you can stand up. Why? Because God doesn't want to tear you down. He wants to lift you up. But we get this confused because we think God lifting us up means he gives us what we want. And that's not what it means. See, God's love for you is perfect. And he knows what you deeply need and desire in your life. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain. He celebrates the joys. He grieves the sorrows. And he loves you perfectly and gives you exactly what you need, which isn't often what we want. And he loves you because you're precious to him. But check out verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. 
Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come in answer to your prayer. So what are you hoping that God will do in your life? See, we we think it goes like this. If God doesn't give us what we want, God doesn't care. If he were going to answer my prayer, if he could actually hear my prayer, it would have happened by now. I'm not precious to him because I pray for it every day. I barely matter to him. If I mattered, he would do something. If I mattered, he would hear my cries. But look at what Daniel 10, 12 says. Since the first day your request has been heard, the first day, the very first day, 70 years before Daniel's prayer was heard. And Daniel prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed some more. And what results did he see? Well, not what he had hoped for. And just because we don't see what God is doing doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. So when we're standing in faith, we can remember we're precious to God. But what's the second thing? Look, your request has been heard Now, I don't know about you in your house with your family, if you can assume that your request has been heard, but I have three little kids, and I cannot assume that my request has been heard. I mean, I yell down, you know, the hallway, you know, put your shoes on, and it is as if they have noise-canceling, atom-canceling, daddy-canceling headphones on. Like, it's ridiculous. But to be fair, I think there are some theoretical situations like with my wife, Abby, that she would say maybe the same thing. You know, hey, Adam, can you take the trash out? And, and I, you cannot assume under any circumstances that, that I have heard her request. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is theor- theoretical. Okay? This is actually, I mean, I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying it's possible. But God isn't like that. And you're thinking, well, that's good. Yeah. But God isn't like that. See, your request, your prayer to God has been heard. You can actually count on it. Now, prayer is simply just talking to God. And you can tell God anything, your emotions, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, your wants, your needs, all of it. But God is doing things that we can't see and we don't understand. Thank God that that is true. So the very first time you prayed to God, he heard you. The very first time you asked for help, he heard you. The very first time you yelled at him for what's going on in your life and how could this possibly happen to me, he heard you. And he loves that we continually seek him out. He loves that we pray and we're persistent with praying. But don't miss the point. Don't make a mistake. Your request was heard the first time. God is working even if you can't see it from the very first moment even if you don't see the results, even if you don't understand. So how can you keep standing in faith? Well, we remember we're precious to God, and we remember our request is heard at the very first moment. And here's the third thing. See, your strength comes from Jesus. Some of you, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you feel like you have nothing left. Maybe you can relate to Daniel kind of in this story. You're weak. Your strength is gone. You just, I don't know, it's hard to breathe. In those moments, that's when his power becomes the most real. See, when you're at the end of your rope, can you imagine 70 years of praying the same prayer? He's devastated. That's when you're the strongest because your strength comes from Jesus, not anything else. This is Daniel 10. 18, 
Then the one who looked like a man touched me again. And I felt my strength returning. This is Jesus talking. Don't be afraid, he said. For you're very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. Who strengthened Daniel? Not his friends. Not his success. Not his self-care routine. Not his own discipline. Not himself. Your strength comes from Jesus. What are you hoping that God will do in your life? Here's real talk. Jesus may do it. He can do it. He's able to do it. He also may not do it. I mean, just because you don't see him working doesn't mean he isn't working. See, there comes to be a point when your faith exceeds your experience. There comes to be a point where you can stand up under any type of pressure. You can stand firm in any kind of opposition. You can stand up for what is right, even when it's desperately hard. You can stand strong for the things of God. You can stand in faith. Why? Because you're precious to God, because he hears your request, and he gives you the strength to do it in the first place. Jesus gives us the strength to stand, even when it's hard. You want to know the end of the story, the end of the book of Daniel? Spoiler alert, it's not a brand new story. I mean, it's been around for a little bit. See, Daniel didn't get what he was hoping for. He didn't get to go home. He didn't get to see it happen. Everything he had prayed for for years and years and years, it wasn't restored in the way that he'd hoped. He didn't get the storybook ending. This isn't a fairy tale. This is the same guy that was delivered out of the lion's den. And it seems so hopeless that the story would end this way. But in reality, there's so much hope in the book of Daniel because even though things aren't ending the day the way that Daniel wanted, even though things look so desperately bad, what does he do? He understands what it means to stand in faith anyway. So what are you hoping that God will do in your life? Because I promise you this, he's doing something in your life. And you might be hoping that he'll completely heal the terminal illness. Stand in faith, friend, because he can and he is able. Be encouraged. Peace. Be strong. Are you hoping he'll change your financial situation? You know, that debt you just can't get out from under? Be strong. Be encouraged. Stand in faith. He'll give you the strength. Are you hoping he'll restore that broken relationship from the cliff of divorce? Are you hoping that something will happen in your family and you just don't know what to do? Are you hoping beyond hope that something changes in your life and you've been praying for years for it to change? Be encouraged. Have peace. Be strong. Stand in faith. Because maybe he will. Definitely he can. But either way, God loves you perfectly. Either way, he's looking for your best. Even though he might not, he still loves you and will give you exactly what you need to stand in faith anyway. And that's the type of God that I want to follow. See, I'm hoping for some things too. Here are just a few that came to mind. I'm hoping he'll help us hire the best worship pastor ever. I'm standing in faith. 
I'm hoping he'll help us navigate these ongoing and really difficult COVID decisions. And they seem to get more and more volatile and people seem to be arguing more and more. See, I'm standing in faith. We're going to love each other no matter what. I'm hoping that God will blow us away with what it means to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ in 2021 and 2022 and 2023. I'm excited about that. I'm scared about that. But I'm hopeful that God will change communities, transforming lives, and I want to be a part of it. I'm standing in faith. What are you hoping for? But here's the thing. Whether the things we hope for happen or not, remember today, you're precious to God. And your request has been heard by the creator of the universe. And your strength comes from Jesus, not from yourself. And Jesus loves you perfectly so much so he died on the cross for you. So even if those hopes don't come true today or tomorrow or in 70 years, just like Daniel, I'm challenged. I'm challenged to stand in faith even when it's hard, even when it's dark, even when I don't know what's going on, even when God doesn't do what I ask him to do. So online, in person, I have a, I have a couple of questions for you. And if you think that this is true, if you believe these things that I'm about to say, I encourage you to either stand up or if you're not able to stand up, raise your hand and say, that's me. I believe this. Do you believe that you're precious because God tells you so? Who is that? Stand up if you are. Do you believe that your request has been heard, even the most difficult, even the most painful, even the hardest thing that you've ever experienced in your life, that when you cried out to God, he heard you the first time? If you believe that, stand up. If you believe that God gives you the strength even when it's hard, stand up. Even if you're like, I don't even know what I think, Adam. I'm not sure what I believe. I don't know about all this Jesus stuff. But if you think that there is hope, if you think that there is peace, if you think that there's something to this, stand up. Because I tell you, friends, he will give you the strength to stand. Even when you don't have it. Even when you can't do it. Even if you don't know what to do, because I know he can, and I pray he will. But listen, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, We can stand in faith because he loves us that much. We can stand in faith because he heard our request the first time. We can stand in faith because he gives us the strength to do it. Even if he doesn't, we can stand in faith. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I believe that In my heart of hearts, I believe that, that you love us so perfectly. I know that's hard to accept. I know that sometimes when we're in the darkness, when we're in the hurt, when we're in the pain, we go, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I'm so thankful that it's true even if we don't believe it. I'm thankful that it's true even if we don't see it. I'm thankful that your love is so vast, it's so perfect, that you are with us, that you care for us, that you provide for us in ways we don't see, we don't understand, we don't know. It might not answer the request in the way that we want. But the fact that you love us so perfectly, you sent Jesus to die on the cross, that that changes things. That we can stand in faith because you love us and you give us the strength to do it. So I ask that. For that person, that person who 
is hearing these words right now who doesn't think they have the strength because they actually don't, I ask that you right now, you give them the strength to stand. Encourage them. Give them peace. Give them strength. Give them hope. Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you for the way that you provide for us. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.